Well, it was about a, a year ago now that, uh, well, not quite a year, but uh, near a year that uh, Pastor Brad and I, we began uh, preaching through and, and teaching some, uh, some things specifically that we had come up with to begin uh, intentionally focusing on the topic of, of discipleship. And, uh, and we have uh, some forthcoming resources that, that we've been working on that, that we're looking forward to uh, putting into the hands of everyone here at Lamb of God uh, as a way to continue uh, uh, our growth as disciples of, of Jesus. And, and one of the things that, uh, that is a part of that is as we speak of the identity of a disciple as, as those who are loved by Jesus, those who are living in Jesus, uh, we, we move forward and then we start to take a look at what our values are as a church uh, and our values as disciples of Jesus Christ. And as I think of, of uh, discussing this, this topic of, of what we value, I, I'm reminded of this story of, of when I was a kid. I remember I was walking through, uh, through the mall near where, we, where I grew up with my parents, and we walked by a toy store. I was probably about seven, eight years old, and I spotted in this toy store this bright, fluorescent orange plastic sword. And, and not only did it vaguely resemble a weapon, uh, this sword also could be used to blow bubbles. So, so you would fill the sheath with the, with the soap and the water, the bubble mixture, and you'd stick the sword in and, and you would unsheath it and, and wave it around and, and the air would be filled with large bubbles, presumably frustrating your opponent. <laughs> and I remember walking by this toy store and, and seeing this bright orange bubble sword on display and thinking, I need that sword. <laughs> Uh, I, I must have that sword. And, and so I had some allowance money that was just burning a hole in my pocket. And, and I, I told my parents I want to buy the sword. And, and my dad, he, he kept trying to talk me out of it. Kept trying to convince me otherwise. Kept trying to convince me, you know, maybe you should save your money for, for something uh, that would just be a little bit longer lasting. Something that will be a little bit more gratifying to, to purchase. But, but I was dead set. I was convinced. I was unwavering in my position that I needed this sword. I'd made up my mind that whatever it took... Whatever amount of tears needed to be shed, I was going home with that sword. <laughs> and, and to my dismay, uh, my dad's voice w- was rather prophetic because while I did go home with that sword, it was probably less than a week later that that sword was a, a distant memory. That, that I was already on to, to the next thing that provided the, the promise of, of joy and happiness. See, I had seen this, this toy, and I thought, if I get that thing, if that would be in my possession, then I will be happy, I will be content, I will have security. Life will suddenly be filled with, with meaning if, if I have that thing. And admittedly, I have struggled with this mentality about material possessions for probably most of my life. And the older that I get, the more it's something that I recognize that it's something that I am as a disciple of Jesus called to battle against. 
I have this tendency to, to see material possessions and, and think if I just had that, well, then I would be happy. Or if I just had a, had a little bit more money and a little bit more freedom, then I would be content and secure in who I am. If, if I just had, had those clothes, well, well then I would, I would feel like myself. Now, I want you to think for, for just a moment about what the things are that you place value on. But what are the things that you look to for security and happiness? What, well, what sorts of things in life do you think can bring you meaning and purpose? Uh, well, what sorts of things do you love? And, and think for a moment, if that thing or, or those things were taken away from you or lost, what would it do to you? What, would it cause you to be anxious or worried? How much of your emotions would be occupied by it? And, and I want you to consider that perhaps at times, we as human beings, we have tended to take things in life and, and made them the treasure that we seek after above all else. And perhaps even the thing that we begin to worship. As we look to it, for the promise of, of security and happiness. As we take a look at these words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 6, he begins to confront us with this question, forcing us to ask ourselves, what is it that we treasure? What is it that we stake value on and perhaps even worship? He says in Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 19, where we picked up our gospel reading this morning, he said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesus confronts us as his disciples with this command not to lay up for ourselves treasures on earth because treasures on earth will inevitably be destroyed and will pass away. Instead, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven because treasures in heaven are lasting and eternal and will endure. Now, one of the things that I, that I think we need to ask ourselves is why is it that Jesus is so concerned with whether our treasure passes away or endures. And in order to answer that question, I want to look again at verse 21. Because I think sometimes what we think is that Jesus' sole concern here is treasuring the right thing. It is that you have a lasting treasure and, and not a, a, a treasure that's passing away. But look again at verse 21. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The implication here is that your treasure, if it is things that are passing away, then your heart 
will be amidst things that are passing away, and therefore your heart will be destroyed right along with it. Jesus doesn't come and concern himself primarily with what we treasure. Jesus' entire ministry is directed at your heart. And he says, don't put your heart, don't treasure things that are passing away such that your heart will be destroyed along with it. Jesus comes and his actual desire is that he himself would be your treasure. And Jesus, the the eternal son of God, the one who was seated at the right hand of the father, he comes into the world and he actually submits himself to the hands of wicked, sinful men, of, of thieves who break in and steal, and he submits his own life to destruction, all in order to save our hearts. Jesus calls us here to cling to that which is in heaven, to cling to him, so that by clinging to him, to cling to him and his cross and his empty tomb, that your heart would endure into all eternity. That the thing that you value and worship and treasure above all else would be his life. The life that he laid down for the sake of the world. And one of the ways that I think that we discover where our hearts really are, where we discover what we treasure is by where we fix our eyes. Jesus says in verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? If your eyes as the lamp of the body, are are, are fixed on bad things, if they're fixed on wicked things, evil things, dark things, your whole body will be sick and full of darkness. But if your eye is fixed on good things, if your eye is fixed on the cross of Jesus, then your body will be full of light. Jesus calls us not to fix our eyes on things of the world, those things that are dying and passing away, but fix our eyes on the very light of the world such that we would be full of that light. And so we're forced to ask ourselves, where do we fix our eyes? What what sorts of things do we look to to find security and meaning? What sort of things do we look to to find find purpose in life, to find happiness and joy? For many of us, it's money. For others of us, it's our leisure time. Or our work and our status. It's about advancing and reaching that next rung on the ladder. Many of us, it's, it's, it's relationships that we look to for meaning and purpose. And, and Jesus' point here isn't to dismiss these things as, as bad or inherently sinful. But do we fixate our eyes on these as our treasure above all else? 
Because what we fix our eyes on, Jesus says, will inevitably become our master. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other. He'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and material possessions. You cannot serve God and those relationships and that status. You get one master. And the things that we fix our eyes on, the treasures that we have, will inevitably become our masters. And so we're forced to ask ourselves, what is that treasure for us? And Jesus' desire is that he would be our master. That the one who's given his life for the sake of the world would be the one that we serve above all else. You know, I don't know uh, if you know this or not, um, but there was a, a rather significant event last week. And, and, I, and I don't want to be the one to break it to you. Uh, there's a fair amount of division in our country regarding the outcome of said event. And, and, and I, I want to be, be careful uh, about what I say because I, I realize that, the, that there are many, perhaps in this room, and, and many that I know are, I have relationships with that, that are on all sides of the issue. Some who, who think that this is the best thing to happen to our country, others who, who fear for the future of the world. And I don't want to, to belittle any of, of those feelings, any of those fears, any of those concerns. But one of the things that I do think is that this event, this particular election, has been very revealing regarding the things that we are easily tempted to treasure. The things that we are easily tempted to value and perhaps even worship above all else. I'm not saying that we should be, we should be disconcerned or, 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 or withdraw from the civic realm. I think we should be deeply concerned and deeply involved with the things of this world because I believe that our God is deeply concerned with the things of this world. But as we engage in that realm, may we continue to listen to the voice of Jesus. And remember where our treasure is. Remember that our treasure is not on earth, but in heaven seated at the right hand of the Father, reigning over all things. May we be called to fix our eyes on Jesus and his cross and resurrection. May we be continually reminded that our hope and the hope of the entire world doesn't dwell in the White House. But it dwells with our maker in heaven. And may this be the treasure that we bring to the world. Amen?